going back, I guess, was to when I was extremely young um, and wanted to be an entrepreneur. From a young age, I used to sell stuff um, outside the house and stuff like that, you know, lemonade and other bits and pieces. Um, well, when I was 18, I messed up my A-levels. And then the second time, um, became a little bit more complicated because my, my father uh, became terminally ill during that year. Uh, and he became ill in February 1985 and died in May 1985, about a week before I took my A-levels. Was it uh, Carpe Diem, Seize the Day? Um, and um, after that, I have always lived life um, trying to trying to seize the day and he just I need to tell you he said you changed my life that day changed my life he said I would have been a person just swinging from job to job I'd be in my my um, similar sort of place that I was then probably but but you changed my my life and to be honest if I'd if I'd passed away at that moment in time I would have been happy because I'd I, I, I'd made a difference to someone's life that was so massive huge from his point of view the less thing trumps the, the selling the yeah. business by miles. That that is yeah. that is probably one of the defining moments of my life. I don't. I think there's a piece of cake for everybody. Everyone should have a little bit of cake, and then you're all happy going forward. Life's very short, and you should try and make people happy and smile. Carpe diem, seize the day, go for it, because you're only here once. What is the point of what is the point of being um, of, of thinking? Oh, I could have. I'll, I'll do that tomorrow. Why do that tomorrow? Because basically you might be dead tomorrow. My dad was, so I'd do it today. I believe everyone has a story to tell. Through seeking true, authentic insights about the entrepreneurial journey, I provide a platform for our peers to share their stories and inspire those that listen. This is the County Business Talks podcast. Produced by H2 Productions. Good morning. Well, how are you? I'm all right, thank you very much. Apologies, I'm a, a little late, but you're, you're a little early. <laughs> <laughs> no problem at all, no problem at all. It's, um, I'm really grateful for you, for you jumping on, mate. It's uh, greatly appreciated, so thanks ever so much. And, uh, mate, you're, no, you're don't worry, it's... Uh, I'm guess 16, I'm guess 16, and uh, our 16, I guess. It's guess 16 of 24, so we're, um, yeah, we're getting there, we're getting there. The live, the live one on the stage went, went well earlier, we went slightly behind, but we're sort of catching up and we're, we're getting in, so we're, we're all good, mate, we're all good. But listen, like I say, I'm, I'm genuinely grateful for you jumping on, so and I love that shirt, by the it's way. Right. It's, <laughs> um, my, one, one of the things I do is I wear my shirts and I wear loud shirts. I love that man after my own eye looking good well look let, mate we're going to jump straight in if we can i just want to just tell the listeners a little bit about your your story and your career um gosh going back um where do you want to go to how mate, far start out your 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 business start journey, where i want to start okay cool all right yeah. well um gosh going back i guess was to when i was extremely young um and wanted to be an entrepreneur um so do you always I, I, can't really tell you. I, can't, I can't really tell you from from a young age i used to sell stuff um outside the house and stuff like that you know lemonade and other bits and pieces um didn't get as, as far I, I was pushed certainly towards with my with my family towards uh 
university and towards getting qualifications before I went and did anything entrepreneurial. Um, but uh, yeah, we the, the, that sort of starts where where I started with entrepreneurial stuff, and then um, I guess what 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 shaped my life as regards um, as regards going forward, as regards um, how I live life, was that when I was um, well, when I was eighteen, I messed up my A levels, um, and uh, A levels were based on at the time I was trying to work and do A levels the same way as you do O levels, which is absolutely doing no work whatsoever and mm -hmm. getting okay grades on doing no work because I've got a brain. Um, mm -hmm. I tried the same thing at A-level first time and failed miserably. Um, and then the second time um, became a little bit more complicated because my, my father uh, became terminally ill during that year. Uh, oh. And he became ill in February 1985 and died in May 1985 about a week before I took my A-levels. Um, but um, we knew he was ill. We knew he was going to die. Um, he had uh, cancer of the pancreas, which at the time was incurable. It's still a very bad cancer because it um, it isn't easy to cure or it's really difficult to cure. Um, but my, my father was a dentist and one of his best friends was his doctor. And his doctor told me because um, she knew I was retaking my A-levels, she told me he had eight months to live and it would be good, um, it would be great for him to see me get great A-levels. So, yeah, so basically I worked my arse off and, and then unfortunately um, I worked my arse off and when, when I found out that he had, uh, he had cancer, um, I'd been working hard before then but then it was like I want to show my dad that I can get to university or whatever and um, yeah, unfortunately he died um, May 30th 1985 and then um, my A-level started about a week and a bit later um, so it was, yeah it's a bit of a so the reason that's uh, and I got very good A-levels I got like like three A's and, and a D and the D was in maths because the last A-level was when I basically realized that I would be going home um, and my dad wouldn't be there the other ones were on autopilot and the last A-level was like sort of hold a sec when this finishes I'm going home and there's no one to talk to because we become quite tight but we, we were tight anyway but between when he was diagnosed and when he died every night after school i used to come home and sit on the bed and talk to him for like half an hour 45 minutes he was he was young as well i mean he was he was he was 44 when he died which is uh which is no age um so the the, the reason I, I i say that and that's quite um, um I'm quite an open person, by the way. So you may not, you may not have known, thought this was the way the interview was going to go. But oh, mate, um, what this, they did, what about. yeah. Well, what, what it did basically was it just said to me, um, cave, uh, uh, um, was it uh, carpe diem, seize the day, um, mm -hmm. and um, after that, I have always lived life um, trying to trying to seize the day, which then leads me to. The next bit, I got I got good grades. I went to Leeds Uni, um, very good uni. Had a great time, good friends, um, did lots of stuff. Didn't really. Uh, I went back to my A level, my, my first year of A level days. Didn't really do the work. I ended up with a with a third, which was terrible. Um, and and, and uh, but I did, I did play uh, hockey for the university, golf for the university, and cricket for the university. But that doesn't get you a decent degree. What that does give you is um, a, a lot of sport. It also gives you rubbish knees because my knees are knackered now. Um, but um, 
yeah so so came out came out of uni um joined Tushros um as they were uh, in leeds um loved uh loved being in part of the team and, and it uh, what it did give me, well, the whole point of what I was trying to do, I did economics at university and I did obviously accountancy with Touche Ross. And what it did give me was, was, a, uh, was a grounding in numbers and a grounding in how things work. And, and after my sort of first three years with Touche getting qualified, um, I then uh, went into their insolvency part for around about two years, something like that. And I learned how businesses worked badly. Um, and that people had some great ideas, some great businesses, some super, um, super stuff, but they didn't know how to run a business. And it, 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 it's, it's this, it's, it's, it's interesting people that they, they need to have the idea that it's not, it's not turnover. Um, turnover is, 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 is vanity. Um, and, and profit is where you want the, is the sanity, as they say, um, and, and not just that, but also from a um, liquidator's point of view, insolvency practitioner's point of view, it's, um, it's to do with cash flow and making sure that, you know, you've got the money in the bank because the bank won't ride to your rescue if you've got, well, they will to an extent, but you'd lose quite a lot of the money because you'd have to use people to finance, finance, your, um, finance your debtors to be able to pay your creditors. And then you start to lose too much margin. And, and, and so basically... Um, I learned how some people ran some great businesses, but just didn't know how to run business. Um, then, um, gosh, then this is, this quite, is a full history of mine. Is it? But so, yeah. It's a great. It's, it's a great. Um, like, granted, like, like you say, to to understand the running of a business, the numbers, the key, because you can have a brilliant idea and you can try and execute that. If you don't know the numbers and it's not working financially, you're You've not got a business because it will eventually fail or be in someone exactly they they, they um people do people people have businesses they have these 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 really great ideas um, you, you always you know you, you need a budget you need a pnl you need to i mean go back to basics um will the business work have you done the research have you done the, the sort of um, does it, um, um was it rocco forte that used to uh, put his he used to stand outside spaces where he wanted to have hotels or he thought he should have hotels and count the footfall um and it was down to footfall and if so many thousand people went past that space in a certain amount of time then it was a good place to have a hotel if it was not you know but, but he, he he realized it it's like um, um i mean now people go to supermarkets and they drive to supermarkets so maybe that's it's, it's, a, it's a previous previous era with the forte stuff but it, it, you, you, for, um, if you're a people business, you need people to be going past. Um, and if you're a people business where they haven't got the facility to move people around that much, you know, the cars or the um, trains or underground or that sort of infrastructure, then you need to be in a place where people fall in. And that's what, um, you know, Trust House Forte, Rocco Forte, um, how he, well, where he put his hotels. Um, mm. Back to where I was. I'm um, sorry. I'll, I'll keep going and <laughs> bore you bore you to death. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, going going back to where we were, I, I um, did that. We we and, and just on the carpe diem. Um, I've been what five years at Touche, and um, one of the things my father had said to me before he passed away, well, way before he was even ill, was that uh, just remember you're going to get no money from me uh, when I retire because your mum and I are going to go around the world and tour the world, which is great. 
um, unfortunately, he was probably about sort of 16 years away from retirement when he when he passed. Um, yeah. So um, I qualify as accountant. I put some money in the bank and then I decided that I was going to go off around the world and um, and see the world, um, which we planned. I, I, I had a, I just got a, a new girlfriend who is now my wife or not that much of a new girlfriend. She'd been a girlfriend for about six months. Um, and I said, I'm going around the world. Um, do you want to come with me? Um, and if you don't want to come with me, if you don't want to come with me, I'm still going around the world because, um, while, you know, life is short, I wanted to do it and, and I was going to do it. So, um, she decided to come with me and, uh, to be honest, marriage, you know, we've been married now 28 years. I hope she's not watching this. I think that's right. Um, well, that she's definitely not watching. Still. Um, so, so uh, 28 years, and um, so, so anyone was saying, yeah, go, go around the world. Um, so we went off and uh, went off to America, then into New Zealand, Australia, um, Indonesia, where can we Indonesia? Indonesia into Hong Kong and into a bit of China, then on to Singapore, then Malaysia, then Thailand, then Nepal, then India, and then home, which was not the normal route. Um, people normally go India in the other way. Um, yeah. But when I'd done all my research, uh, people, a lot of people got to India and, and got a bit ill because it, it is a different sort of culture and you have to be careful with your food and stuff. Um, but yeah. we'd made a decision that if we were going to travel the world, I basically decided. I wanted to do the bits. Uh, I didn't want to get stuck being ill somewhere. So India was the last place to be just in case, just in case we got ill. Yeah. We didn't, but uh, just in case, but that, that was, that was really, how long, spent, um, how, how long was that? Just, just about, just about, uh, 11 months in the end. I think it was, we, we came back early. Um, uh, we came back a few weeks early cause my wife's father passed away while we were away. Um, he'd, he'd been ill with Alzheimer's, so he, it, it wasn't that much of a problem because obviously he'd already gone in his head, um, yeah. and, and, and didn't really know, didn't really know that my, my wife was his, his daughter anymore really and stuff like that. But, um, so yeah, so we, we came back a little bit early, um, but it was just, it was the best time. Um, and I've seen places in Australia that Australians haven't seen. No doubt there are people, there are Australians out there have seen places in Britain that that, um, that I've never seen because you don't tend to travel your own country. Yeah. yeah but, um, so yeah, so I did that, did that. Um, and when I was out there, one of the things I, I watched for was trends and things that were happening outside of the UK that, that weren't happening in the UK. Um, so I came back um, and went to work for Royal Sun Alliance for a while. Um, doing doing some projects for them while I sort of sorted out what I wanted to do for business or with the business um, and then set up the business basically which was which was um, I think with business you make mistakes and you learn from them and then you come back better um, if you're lucky you make mistakes and you're able to keep the business going um, we, we started our first business, which was a um, restaurant. Everyone dreams of running a restaurant. It's one of the worst things yeah. ever in the world to do. 
um, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay, I apologise. Anyone that's, you know, it's, it's well, such a tough to, gig. Uh, I spoke to one of the guests earlier, was he come on after his shifts as a guy called Stephen Edwards, who worked MasterChef back in 2000. Yep. Uh, yeah, he, um, he come on recently. He's, he's got two restaurants, one in Brighton and one in Richmond as well. But saying exactly that, it's not, you don't become a restaurateur to make money yeah uh, it's, uh, no it's 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 it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing to do and the, and the feedback <laughs> is amazing when it goes well and we met we, we set i set up um or we set up we we i think we got married by that stage yeah we got married by that stage so so and my wife um had come she, she'd taken a career break to go around the world she was um uh, with PricewaterhouseCoopers and she was a supervisor. She came back and within three months they promoted her to a manager. Um, and I think, and, and she basically credits the fact that going off around the world actually helped her career because they saw that as career advancement because she'd gone and done stuff and, and, and realized what was in the rest of the world. So luckily she had a, a, a decent career and then she moved up to being a director um, quite quickly. Um, we then, um, yeah, so set up this business. It was it was called um, Not Sushi, um, which was a restaurant that was a Japanese restaurant that did noodles. Um, it was a bit like uh, Wagamama's, um, but we set mm -hmm. it up. I think in I think we set up in the wrong place. We set up. Uh, there was a few reasons. It was it was a it was a decent business. Um, there was a few stuff, a few bits and pieces we didn't get right. Um, location was okay, but the uh, Liverpool itself, it was very, very early for this sort of thing. We were talking early 90s um, and yeah. it was it was a shock to Liverpool. It, it, it did okay, but it didn't, um, it didn't have, uh, it didn't have the numbers you wanted to come. The, the, the Liverpool, Liverpool's more of a cultural and, 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 a, and a restaurant place now, but then yeah. I mean, the top restaurant there, I shan't name names, the top restaurant there was known, which had queues out the door, was known as having lots of freezers and lots of burgers in there. That was like sort of <laughs> what, what sold in Liverpool. Uh, I apologise yeah. to people in Liverpool. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a child <laughs> of the Merseyside re region, but um, yeah. it, it just is what it, it's what it was. Uh, anyway, so we did that. So that, that, that didn't work out, so you had to close that or...? Well, it didn't. Well, it didn't. We, in actual fact, there was. It's. It's all. It, it, you see, there's all this thing called fate, um, and, and I'm a strong believer in fate. One one thing leads to another, uh, and we started doing um, sushi nights uh, once a month, and they were very popular. And we started. Then we made that sort of once a fortnight, and they were popular. I.e., they sold out. So then we started doing them once a week. So I was like, well, if this is working. And this is all right. Let's bring sushi onto the menu. It was a bit of a, um, um, a strange thing to do, given the restaurant was called Not Sushi. But um, we then we then started getting a bit of a, a clientele. So we'd get the, the Liverpool footballers, the Everton footballers. Um, if we had any uh, celebs in town, they'd come in because we were the only sushi restaurant in the place. You know, it was it was it was a bit mad for Liverpool. If you consider Liverpool having a sushi restaurant early '90s, way ahead of its time. Um, yeah, but the Liverpool people. The, 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 it, it, it didn't really get there in the end. And what was, um, what what happened was, I um, we started. So we may start making the sushi, and the Daily Mail wrote a piece about it. So they came to see us, um, and I'm not a big fan of the Mail. I'll be totally honest. 
um, but um, they came to see us. But any any publicity, as they say, and they came to see yeah. us and they asked us uh, they asked us what about sort of breakfast sushi, and I was like, well, you can do anything with sushi because basically people think sushi is raw fish. It's not sashimi is raw fish. Uh, sushi is anything in rice. So we made for the Daily Mail, and I, I, I don't know where the article is. We've got a piece on it somewhere in the in the, in the, um, in the storage area, the garage or whatever, the, 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 the article. Um, they wrote a piece about us doing sausage, bacon and egg sushi, um, which is easily doable. It's like sort of, you know, egg, sausage and bacon right down the middle of a sushi roll, wrap it up and serve it with tomato ketchup. So it, it, it's, it's a bit it's a bit mad. Yeah um so yeah. we put that we did that and it and it worked and it got some publicity and people started asking for it so we put it on the menu and then we started doing some other um i, I guess you'd call it um what's the word? not mash up what's the word it's more sort of um it's, it's, it's just unusual um but there's a there's a better word that some stage of this chatting with you i'll, I'll remember um and, <laughs> and i'll come back to um but um yes yeah, so we started doing that and then there was a friend of mine who was an account manager for ASDA, um, Jane McFerrin, if she's watching uh, at some stage or did get a name check. She actually said, why don't you take this to ASDA? Because ASDA haven't got sushi. At the time, Marks and Spencer's had it and it was tiny. Uh, Sainsbury's was starting to have it um, and ASDA didn't have it. So I uh, said, so okay, well, how do I do that? She said, well, here, you can either go see the buyer and I'll give you the details or you could take it to Alan Layton, who was the CEO at the time, um, and um, and basically give it to him and, and, and see what happens. So um, I turned up early one morning, early one Monday morning in the Asda car park in Leeds. I handed a sausage, bacon and egg sushi pack or two, two packs, one for breakfast, which is sausage, bacon and egg in one pack. And for lunch, we did chicken tikka sushi and uh, uh, rare roast beef and um, horseradish sushi um, and gave it to him and said, if you're interested, here's my business card. Um, it's something we're doing in Liverpool and I think it worked for the Asda customers because it was it made sushi accessible. You know, sushi was seen at the time as being inaccessible. It was, you know, for the rich, for the, for whatever. So, yeah, yeah so anyway, next day, uh, long story short, next day, Alan Layton uh, writes back to me to say, really love the product, thought it was really interesting. Um, our buyer will be in touch. And um, by the end, so so then we set up a, a sushi manufacturing business. So we had the restaurant, we had the sushi manufacturing business, and um, uh, one of them had to give. I was driving home one night. Day, day started at 6 a.m. making um, um, Martin Leopard who's just written fusion food on my whatsapp yeah fusion food that's good we like that um yeah that's that's what it was it was fusion food uh name name checking him from singapore i think so um yeah so um so what was i saying yeah i was saying about the fact that oh yes we have both i used to start the day at about 6 a.m at, at the at the at the factory um sorting out all the the, the, the sushi yeah, and then I'd finish the day around about midnight at the restaurant with the with, with, the, with the bits and pieces. And the restaurant's still going okay. Um, but I woke up, I don't know, driving home, I woke up um, sort of hitting the, um, uh, the, 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 hard, the hard shoulder bit and the bumping bit. 
um, one, one, one morning going, going home. And I just thought, you know what, I can't do both. I either bring someone into the business um, and um, we run both or, or we, we, we close the one down that's got the less numbers. And the less numbers is always going to be the restaurant. Um, so we looked to sell the restaurant. Um, we had a buyer for the restaurant and he was wanting to change it into a food hall um, and put, put meats and stuff in there. And unfortunately, it was the time of uh, BSE. So he um, he pulled from the deal about a week before the deal because of the, the BSE problem and stuff like that. And um, so we ended up just closing the restaurant down, um, taking our losses, but moving it all across into, um, or moving up my, my presence into sushi. We um, And then that sort of went from strength to strength, really. Um, we ended up... I think we started with 10 asdas then 20 asdas then 30 asdas we ended up with all 650 asdas um bit of sainsbury's we ended up with budgeons with summerfield um and that was 2007 i got bought out by a company called Greencore plc who came along and i thought they wanted to take our products and sell them to their garages um, they had two and a half thousand garages. Greencore PLC did the sandwiches for um, for Asda, um, for Sainsbury's, for a few other bits and pieces, um, and they were, they were they were listed on the Irish Stock Exchange. They're a massive company, um, yeah. and yeah, I just I just thought they wanted me to supply them, and they actually came back and said, um, "Yeah, that's really interesting. Like the company, uh, we'd like to buy it," um, wow. and. So that was like, okay, makes an offer, made me an offer. Um, it turned out to be an offer that I couldn't really refuse. And um, so, yeah, so six months, that was 2007, early 2007. Um, and then sold the business within a few months. Um, and then I was meant to have a 12-month workout, um, you know, to, to, to stay there and work, work for 12 months for them to show them how the business was running. Um, but that turned into six months um, because my wife got an offer to be uh, to come over to Dubai to be a director in Dubai um, with a uh, with partnership potential, and um, so that's why we ended in Dubai. Uh, that's part wow. one. Do you want me to continue? Mate, please do. Fascinating. What a fascinating. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> When I look, when I look, when Martin, when Martin sent me the link, and I obviously I connected with you on LinkedIn, and had a little look, and I was I was so intrigued to find out more about about the journey and about the story. So I, I, I got that about the accountants, and then obviously setting up the business. And I, I was intrigued to find out a bit more about the business that you sold. So that's that's really interesting and fascinating because I'm a massive foodie as well. So. I'm not I'm not too sure about the egg and bacon sushi, if I'm being honest. But, uh, it works. It works. Listen, if you if you can get someone to make it for you, uh, sushi's sushi's actually really. I'm giving this away. Sushi's actually really easy to make, and the margins <laughs> are, are excellent. Um, yeah. And the company, the company that took me over, uh, Greencore, still doing sushi. When I left the company, it had um, probably around about uh, somewhere between a seven and nine percent bottom line, and we were on a five percent. Uh, sorry, on on, on on five million turnover. They've got it up to somewhere in the region of twenty-five to twenty-five to thirty million um, turnover, 
um, but their margins have been cut because it, it, the way the world world works basically. But 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 it's it's still it's still decent margin compared to other stuff. Um, so yeah, they're they're continuing on with that, and uh, which is great. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, I, I still keep in contact with them because I actually still own their factory because um, I bought I bought the building as well, which was quite useful from that point of view. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, 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 that's, that's 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 the that's the pension. That's the pension. And then, but so then you, you moved to you you in Dubai now, and yeah. talk to me about the next business thing because obviously the around events as well. So talk to me about that. Yeah. Oh well, I'm sort of a um, bit of a serial entrepreneur, I guess, and just, yeah. just sort of going back on it. I mean, I I, I came over here. Um, I decided. I mean, I worked brutally honest i'd worked my ass off for um a lot of years um and the first child was born in 2005 and we came over here 2007 and my wife was doing very well at pwc and was earning good money um over here um and i, I decided i was going to take a few months off which turned into a few years off um my golf handicap improved but I was able to um, take the to take take our first child and and then our, our subsequent second child. We had we had the second one born here, and both of them um, I looked after and became uh, a house husband for a while. Um, well, I was, I was sort of house husband for quite a while, um, <laughs> but during the day you have time to do other stuff. They're at nursery, they're at school, they're doing whatever they're going to do. Um, and so, um, and, and also Dubai is quite easy for that sort of thing. We, we have, um, we have a maid here, um, a, a nanny, she helps. Um, and so a lot of the stuff, and it's quite usual to have that sort of thing over here. It might seem a bit, um, I don't know what's the word. I don't, it might seem a bit that it's a bit, uh, but people get that people say, oh, it's, it's, you know, you should be doing your own stuff. But in actual fact, you're employing someone who's paid a good wage well, I think a decent wage yeah. for here. We look at we look after our. Or we, we I've always tried to look after our, our staff. I think it's really important. Whatever staff you have, whether it's within Dubai or within like within the sushi business, mm -hmm. if you are decent to people and treat them with respect, people appreciate that and they stay with you. With, with the sushi business, um, I think I can't remember what the minimum wage was, but we always paid either thirty pence or fifty pence above the minimum wage which meant that people didn't go jumping elsewhere. Um, and also we, 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 we tried to be fair with the staff and we, you know, we had, uh, we gave them, um, uh, not help is the wrong word, but we, 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 we go and sort of buy the drinks in the pub. We go and do stuff like that. Little things, little yeah, things and people like, like that sort of thing. I mean, there's, there's a couple of guys there. There's one of them. We talk about it a lot, like people. We look after your staff and wh wh whatever that looks like, whether it's a uh, in a pub or, or you know, you know, healthcare or whatever it looks like. But staff benefits looking, and so many businesses now, people actually, people looking for work and not looking for necessarily always who's paying the most money, but they're looking at what's the what what company offers. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, and and have you got have you got a, um, a, a or is the company a, a, a nice company to work for? I mean, uh, Sushi San, which was the the name of the company, is now called Green Core Food to Go Sushi. Um, they the, 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 
which, which was sushi san by the way meant um was um the the, the uh if I, I i am i am robert san so i'm mr robert in japanese so sushi san was mr sushi but if you put mr sushi it was a bit uh, anglicized so this way it gave a little bit of um um mystery so yeah so um we, we, there's, there's still two there's still two or, or more guys that work at uh the sushi business who were with me in 2000 um there's a wonderful guy called steve moore uh who's still there i understand uh, i think he joined us in about 1999 or 2000 um he was the most loyal staff member steve never brilliant at, at what he did but but absolutely dependable um and and loved his job and loved the fact that we stuck with him and he made a few mistakes but it wasn't like it, 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 they weren't earth shattering he, he yeah, yeah he ran the forklift truck into a wall one day um <laughs> but these things happen uh and it was and it was and, it, and in a way it was it was funny but um so he's still there um and there's another guy called uh les croft um and uh, can I? I probably shouldn't do name checks, but but Les was um, uh, an employee at the time and came to see me and said, um, "Boss, I've got these. Um, um, basically, we 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 need some more money. We should all be paid more money." I said, "Well, okay." And he was like, sort of shop steward sort of time. I was like, "Okay, Les. Well, at the moment, I'm paying what I can pay because um, uh, because." you know we're not making um, enough money this is very early on in the business i think this is again to be 2000 2001 and um i said to him if you come up with an idea that will help us improve the business that will make us more money i'm quite happy to cascade that down you know um I'm, I'm, uh, and and and, and you know, i said go away don't be someone that just says we just need more money but tell me how we can make more money you're at the sharp end you're seeing what's doing Anyway, Les went away. I came back with two or three ideas, which are brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and and um, ridiculous things. We had a sushi machine which cut at something like uh, twenty-two mils and gave us six pieces on each roll. Um, Les suggested we took the sushi machine and made it cut at twenty mils, which is very little difference for the customer. Um, and um, but then we get eight pieces out of a roll. So I've increased my. Um, <coughs> I'd increase my my output by thirty three percent, which is brilliant, yeah. and, and 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 we'd had this machine for for a while, and it was like, well, why don't we do this, boss? And like, okay, well, the machine cost another four or five thousand pounds, but the payoff was really quick, and and anyway, so um, quite quickly, Les got promoted to supervisor, um, and he's um, he's now um, he's still there. He's the production manager for Greencore. Um, mm -hmm. I understand he's bought his, he's the first person ever to, for, to buy his own house within his family. Um, he, he owns a house now. He's obviously got the, 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 the um, company car. Um, but he's also, um, the, it looks like, I, I understand, that the, the kids are looking like they're going to go to university, which would be the first kids in his family to, to, to go that far, to sort of whatever. And I, and I saw him uh, probably about, probably about five or six years ago i went back and i was i and, and had, went around the factory and chatted to them and i chatted to him and um and i, I i'm I'm, I, I'm i'm quite an emotional guy um and and he he absolutely had me in bits because he, he said can i have a word and it was just me and him in and in the room 
and he just, I need to tell you, he said, you changed my life that day, changed my life. He said, I would have been the person just swinging from job to job. I'd be in my, my um, similar sort of place that I was then probably, but, but you changed my, my life by saying, if you actually, um, if you actually make a difference, Les, we make a difference backwards, which is what we did. And, uh, and it, was, it, was, it was quite emotional. He cried, he cried and I cried, which you don't <laughs> normally do with, uh, <laughs> with employees. But I was, I was, I was so, I was, I was so delighted. And, 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 um, and to be honest, if I'd, if I'd passed away at that moment in time, I would have been happy because I'd, I, I'd made a difference to someone's life that was so massive, huge from his point of view. Um, you know, it's just to that, like, um, just kind of like, you talk about selling a business, making money and as entrepreneurs and business owners we generally like building things you create these business opportunities and the goal is to build it to sell something eventually and make some money out of it okay great but ultimately that it's about the journey and the purpose of why you're doing something and oh yeah actually where you measure success is not necessarily about the financial reward that we get at the end of it but potentially like you're saying about the that that feeling I can, I'm just trying to compare the feeling between you selling the business and I've made some money to the feeling of standing in front of Les and him telling you the difference you made to his life. What, what level? Oh, the, the Les, the Les, the Les, the Les thing trumps the, the selling the yeah. business by miles. That, that is, yeah. that is probably one of the defining moments of my life. I don't really, I probably talk about it sometimes, but not hugely, but, um, it's, uh, and he, he's an absolutely wonderful guy and it's the same for steve steve's now i understand married got children um and, but he's still doing what he's doing and and if you you know if you see them they they, they wouldn't it wouldn't be a handshake it'd be a hug um and i think that's a big difference you know people um we we, we i guess we showed them love and we showed them respect that a lot of businesses don't. And I think if you show your employees respect, now, all the way through, we, we have, um, I'm just talking before about our, 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 um, our maid nanny. Um, yeah. A lot of people here, they'll, 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 they'll change their staff regularly because there's this or there's that, or, you know, every, every year or every couple of years, they'll change staff. Um, we tend to hold on to, we, we had, um, we've had uh, Jamila who comes from Nepal. Um, mm. Um, she's been our maid nanny now since 2010. We had our first maid nanny 2007-2010, and then we had Jamila from 2010. She's now been with us, what, 12 years? Um, and she's part of the family. The kids say, I love you, when, when she goes to bed. The kids grew up with Jamila, and Jamila grew up with the kids. Um, and, and we were talking the other day, she's going to retire next year. Um, she's going to retire, and she's going back to a four-bedroom house that she's built in Nepal based on the money that we've paid her um, because um, we, we pay her monthly amount and obviously she um, she has to live, but we also provide accommodation, we provide a food allowance, we provide a, a, a other bits and pieces, which is statutorily what you have to do here. Uh, but Jamila has, has gone and built um, um, a four bedroom house and she, I think she's put her daughter through university as well based on, it, 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 it's how the world works don't yeah. don't please don't judge as regards that's terrible that you're employing someone to to whatever but it's a job um, yeah. you know um and she so she has um 
yeah she's changed she, she's 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 got she she will go home and be a very happy person she's only 56 57 so she's got a, a number of years she's got her savings and in nepal she'll be a very wealthy person because that's because what 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 you're talking about is actually just having an impact on people's lives like so yeah. like you say we, we, we've talked about your business journey and and you know seizing the day and you know taking these opportunities and and, and creating a business out of, out of something and making like you say making money but what you can tell me by you talking and the, where the happiness and success level comes from is by the impact that you're having on people's lives for whatever that is whether you're employing yeah, people it's true i mean yeah it is and it's 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 um it's something that gives me pleasure when people enjoy i mean we we, we um it's the same came over here um kids went to school i started getting involved with them um, there's something called round table i don't know if you heard of round table it's a british yeah. organization started yeah. started it's a, it's a gents it's a gents organization it's it's like a bit like rotary it's not quite like the square dealers it's, it's a bit like rotary except you retire at um 40 from round table because you're meant to be a young man's organization it started by a guy <laughs> called lou Marchese, and uh in norwich i think in 1921 or something um and um yeah he went to a rotary meeting realized that at uh, 22 or 23 however he was he didn't have huge amounts in common with the 65 year olds that were still in rotary um <laughs> and set up set up a, a a similar organization for young people which is called round or younger men sorry it was called round table there was a similar version for ladies called lady circle um and and so yes yeah, so I, I came here and i've been a member of round table back in the uk and that was really great because when i came here there was a bit of a stepping stone i could actually meet people quite easily and quite quickly who were the same sort of um idea you know doing charity work uh, helping the community equally <coughs> sorry <clears throat> equally having a few beers and yeah. um and and enjoying life one second <coughs> sorry so i thought um yeah yeah so you can bear with me one second There's a bottle of water Thank over you. here you stay there <laughs> Bit of product placement there that is a, a bottle from earth uh, where we have uh, one of our uh, theaters theater by earth but i'll tell you about it in a bit um, wow, wow. so uh, wow. so yeah so we so joined that and um i had the time and we um we actually then did a um we started um we helped run the round table world meeting um here in dubai in in 2010 or i helped facilitate it and normally the world meetings around about 200 250 people um but we we brought in dubai and and i'd, I'd sort of looked at it before and again using a business head rather than uh, um yeah i had a business head um and and i said to them well rather than just do it over four days which it normally is you do the meeting over four days but if we go to this hotel we can offer a seven-day package before the meeting or a, or a three-day package in the four days of the meeting or we can offer a seven-day package after the meeting and so on um to try and give people a chance to come on holiday to dubai as well as well and the hotel's happy because they got extra money that way um yeah. and anyway cut a long story short um the those meetings outside of the europe used to get somewhere in the region of 250 to 300 people 
we had somewhere i think about 850 people come um we took over the whole hotel i said to the hotel if we if we fill every room or like sort of over 90 percent of rooms can we rebrand the hotel so the jebel ali hotel became um the round table hotel and we put a banner across the top of their um their jebel ali hotel so we had round table hotel on, on as a banner um and and people still people still remember it. it's quite interesting that there's actually a reunion for the 2010 world meeting here um next year because um, nice. there were so many people came from around the world that, the, that they came. So the, that was me getting into altruistic and into um, into charity stuff. Those things aren't meant to make a profit. They're meant to be not for profit. Um, yeah. We ended up making $25,000 because break even was at 250 people and we were 600 over that. And we also, I mean, the, the reason they remember stuff is because we'd made so much money because of where we budgeted, back to budgeting, back to P&L, yeah. back to making sure you know what you're doing with money. Um, because we budgeted it um, for the second night and the gala dinner night where everyone went for dinner, we put champagne on every table. I mean, not 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 fizz, champagne on every table. Um, and so people like just to sort of, wow, Dubai is paved with gold. And it wasn't. <laughs> it was just, just well budgeted basically um, to, and of course to, then the, ho the hotel were delighted with us go on carry on sorry yeah, go, I, I, I'm, I'm keen to because there's obviously a couple of bits i'd love to touch on because obviously I'll, cool. i'm just conscious my, ne my next guest is in is, is in sydney airport i and apologize he's got no 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 it's no problem it's no problem but i'm i'm, I'm really keen uh, mate, after we finish this actually i, I another and another time come on the come on the podcast as a proper show that i do and wherever yeah. we want the limit and we can we can chat for it because you mate what a fascinating story you've got and just quickly i want i want you to, cool. to tell quickly about the obviously about the theater and the, and the you sort of mentioned as well and the, with the, like yeah the no, okay so uh, basically yeah to 20 2017 a friend of mine, I've been here for 10 years, the kids were now a bit older, they were doing their stuff. I've frozen at my end, I've, you can hear me and everything, see me move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all good. You're okay, okay, fine, okay. Yeah. fine. Just, just, just my computer's having a glitch. So yeah, so um, 2017, friend of mine said to me, have you seen the, th you know, you're doing your, and I was doing events at that stage, and I'd helped the school, both my, um, my kids old school which was repton dubai and repton's an offshoot of repton in the uk um and then dubai college which is where my kids both go now um dubai Kili dubai college had their 40th birthday um ball um which uh, i basically facilitated um and, and helped run and it made them forty thousand pounds which was they were rather pleased with uh, because of everything we did to make it and they were aiming for um 600 people and because of did it and all the events and me having knowledge of events and also making sure we got good deals with people we ended up with 920 people we actually had a waiting list for a school ball which is a bit unknown and it was the biggest event that they'd had in dubai for um certainly for schools ever probably at the moment still is but we've got a 45th coming up next year so i'm aiming to go above 900 next year um still helping them so yes yeah, so it came from that i've done my events i've done the bits and pieces i'd helped um fund and ch do charity stuff and try and you know give people a good time make them smile um and a friend of mine said have you looked at this uh, theater on the qe2 
and I was like, no, um, and, and, and I'm, I'm doing these events, and it was like, so, well, this is what we could do with it. Um, we found that, um, yes, we, we, we went in, we spoke to them, they were going to turn the theatre and the QE2 into a cinema, which is fine, but there's loads of cinemas in Dubai, and it's not going to go anything any different. I, I, I honestly believe that a theatre is, now I've got into it, a theatre is a heartbeat of a business. There's a number of places in, in Dubai where, um, certainly one of them, they, they took out a theatre, and, and it's the, the, the whole uh, area around there, to me, appears to be struggling, because the theatre used to bring in 1,000, 1,500 to 2,000 people a week with, with stuff they had on. Um, what they have now is so is bringing in 100 to 200 people and so all the businesses around that area are, are suffering anyway um cut a long story short we started the theater and we called it theater by qe2 um it was going great guns at the end of 2019 we came into covid we hit a massive buffer uh it's been hard work since then but however um just going 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 forward from there um it, it, it's it's getting back on its on its feet um and, at the, and the, the, the point of what i'm trying to do really is not just to have one theater because going back to uh, sushi um it's all a numbers game um as regards the number of people you can get in so i have a finite number in the qe2 which is 500 so we've now started to run another theater in abu dhabi which is called theater by earth that has uh, 632 seats we're looking to try and um, get into other theatres in the uh, GCC area. So that's the, the Gulf area. Um, I'm just talking talking acronyms. My apologies. Um, the Gulf area. And so we're trying to. We're looking at Bahrain. Um, once Qatar has had the World Cup, we'll be going to speak to Qatar. But at the moment, they're too involved in the World Cup. So we're trying to get a number of different theatres, which we will brand all as theatre by, and then we will end up um, having a circuit. So if people come. They'll be able to, you know, if we get people out, they'll be able to play five or six different theatres around the Gulf um, and make it worthwhile. If you fly someone out, it's 500, 600 pounds. Um, if you're putting that into one place, it's a 500, 600 pound cost on the bottom on the bottom line. If you're putting that into two places, it's 250. You're putting that into three places, et cetera, et cetera. So, so you spread your costs, you increase your economies of scale, basic economics going back to my university days. That's a that's a long story short, and then and so now we're doing all that sort of thing, <laughs> and it's you fun know, and it's mad. You know one one of the best things about doing a podcast is getting to meet brilliant individuals like yourself. Who, uh, in honesty, like I said, I, I mentioned, I mentioned, well, I mentioned to Martin about I really need someone. Obviously, timing wise, going to be difficult. If you got people, I know he works over in Dubai. I said, have you said, yeah, have a chat with Rob. He's a great guy, and. And like I said, I had a look on your LinkedIn and a little bit of that, but what an absolutely fascinating story to tell the whole and I mate, and honestly, I'm, I'll, I, I, I wouldn't get you on the full podcast because I know, well, we haven't got a time limit and we can just chat away because there's so many things I'd love to ask you and delve into, which unfortunately like I said, only because the guy's in Sydney, he's in the airport, he's got to get on the flight, so I'm going to have to... No problem, listen, no, no, I've got no problem, I, 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 I'd, I'd absolutely love to do that and, and, it's, and it's really interesting. I, I guess mm -hmm. going back over my, the whole thing, it'd be good in actual fact if you question. I've, I've realised it's been a bit of a monologue, and I apologise. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I asked a question, and you told me your story. And but my, my tagline <laughs> for the, 
my tagline for the podcast is everyone's got a story to tell and mate your story has been brilliant but but before before we do go i am going to ask you I've finished every episode with some quick fire questions so i'm just going to throw go four on. quick questions at you and so one piece of advice do you give to your 18 year old self you asked me this question on the other time it wasn't one piece um one piece maybe sometimes take a bigger risk um we had an opportunity with the sushi business to turn it into something that would have been that would have been uh, it, it, it ended up well and i got a good payoff but we could have turned it into something that was actually um that, that would have been probably triple quadruple the size and we didn't take the risk that we should have done but however that's the accountant in me yeah. but yeah some, sometimes sometimes leap we're leaping more with the theater it's a bit scary um but but we are leaping more with the theater but we have a track record and it's useful i have a track record from before it's also useful that i've i've made money before and therefore have assets and stuff like that to cope with that's 18 go on it's a long answer next one Who, who's been the biggest inspiration in throughout your life and why i think there's been lots i see lots of business people making money and behaving i see lots of people, people making money and behaving well i also see lots of people making money and behaving badly um, and I'm, I'm, I'm not very political, but, but um, I, I, some, some people are, are horrible people and, and I don't believe, and, and, and I, I'll, I'll name, um, I'm, I, I, I'm a, I despise Donald Trump because of the fact he's made money, but then he shafted all the, uh, a lot of other people along the way, which is not the way to do business. I think there's a piece of cake for everybody. Everyone should have a little bit of cake and then you're all happy going forward. Life's very short and you should try and make people happy and smile as you go forward who's been uh, i guess i guess my dad um I, that that would be the biggest influence um he he made me because he passed away he was a lovely guy um at his funeral and i'll leave you with this i you need I'll, I'll tell you one other thing book you, you should everyone should read malcolm uh, um should read um michael mccormack what they don't teach you at the harvard business school that's a brilliant book for networking one of the best books i've ever read for networking old book you'll have to might get it on, on a thing but my dad and I'll tell you why, because when um, when he passed away, we went to the funeral and um, and at the funeral, um, there were we got there and there's police directing traffic outside and our church held held about 400 people. They were directing traffic outside because there were so many people trying to get into the funeral that um, that, 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 that it was it was overwhelmed. There were people standing at the back, there were people standing outside. Um, if I can be half that person who has that many friends and influences that many people and people respect the, that person so much that they have that sort of bearing on life he was only 44 so i understand there'll be a lot of people who can go and if i die at 80 mostly probably a lot of my mates already have gone you know whatever it's how it works but um my dad That's amazing i mate, look last there one. you go tear last to my one. eye go on <laughs> last one what is your one role for living a fulfilled life oh try and fit as much into a day as possible people go lunatic with me i'm, I'm late to meetings it's really bad and i apologize at times but um if i can get five things into a day where most people get four things i do five things carpe diem seize the day go for it because you're only here once what is the point of what is the point of being um of, of thinking oh i could have done I'll, I'll do that tomorrow why do that tomorrow because basically you might be dead tomorrow my dad was so i'd do it today what 
what an absolutely inspirational story and listen thank you so much <laughs> honestly 100 percent, i'm going to message you i've got to get you on the proper podcast and we'll we'll have a longer conversation and i, I want to deal it won't with fit you. into your podcast it won't, won't fit into your podcast though because like sort of it's, it's it's stories of sussex isn't it that's what i've seen from reading and seeing the podcast yeah. But how can I how can I get you on and not delve into more about what we're talking about? Don't worry about that. We're getting yeah. it. Listen, mate, absolute gent. Cool. Thanks so much. It's been what a pleasure to meet you and and your energy. Look, at three o'clock in the morning over here, the energy is, is, is certainly kept me going. So, mate, amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> Listen, keep going. Good luck. Congratulations with what you're doing. I think it's fantastic. The twenty four hour podcast. I hope all the funding goes all right. And uh, yeah, peace and out, as they say, or something like that. Thank you so much. And that is a wrap. Well done, mate. Cheers. Cheers. This is the Cowboy Business Talks podcast, produced by H2 Productions.